Welcome to the Man Cave. It's the Man Cave Football Podcast with Dan Gasper. Week 11 in the NFL season. It's already here and we're getting ready for it here on the Man Cave Football Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Casper. As always, appreciate you listening uh, to another episode of the Man Cave Football Podcast. If you're not subscribing yet to the podcast, what are you doing? We're, we're available wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, all that good stuff. Look us up, subscribe, and rate us too. So other football fans can uh, find this awesome, amazing podcast. Hey, thanks for stopping by again. We've got a loaded podcast uh, to talk about. we got four down territory, my updated power rankings. Was there a shift in the power rankings based off last week's game? The 49ers lost for the first time. Do they move down from uh, from that list? The Seahawks move up there with that win against the 49ers? We'll find out in my latest uh, power rankings edition. Top five teams. Remember, just do the top five power rankings. Plus, we got uh, extra points uh, as well. So I'm excited about four down territory for the four topics. Remember, four down territory, four topics I want to get to, and then extra points, uh, uh, just another topic that I want to get to in the NFL world. Sometimes we go for a two-point conversion like we did in the latest uh, episode, or last week's episode, but just one extra point uh, this week. But I'm excited about this podcast, so let us go. let's get it going with four down territory. First down. For first down, I want to take a look at uh, the running backs in the NFL. A lot of talk about running backs this year. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, an MVP candidate. You got Dalvin Cook leading the league in rushing right now for uh, the Minnesota Vikings. You got Nick Chubb over there in Cleveland, maybe only one of the few brighter spots uh, with the way Cleveland has been playing so far this year. Chris Carson, fourth in the league in rushing. Derrick Henry, top five, fifth in the league in rushing yards. Uh, Leonard Fournette having a nice bounce back year. So uh, this has been a year for running backs, and even off the field with Ezekiel Elliott getting a big contract as well. He's eighth in the the league in rushing yards right now, maybe playing a little bit down to expectations set for him over there in Dallas. But the question I want to pose out there for all of you football fans, who do you think is the best running back in the NFL right now? If you had to pick, who's the best running back in the NFL. A little side note, too. I've got the the, the stats up for who's leading the league in rushing yards. Lamar Jackson's 11th. The dude's a quarterback, and he's already got 702 yards rushing. That's more than Aaron Jones. That's more than his teammate Mark Ingram. Think about that. Mark Jackson's almost in the top 10 in rushing yards. That's unreal. It's awesome. Anyways, do you, do you put him as the best running back in the league right now? He's 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 not eligible for this for this conversation right now. But I mean, you look at the list. Who would you put at number one? Would you put Dalvin Cook because he's leading the league in rushing yards at nine hundred and ninety-one? Do you put Christian McCaffrey because he's tied for the most uh, overall touchdowns with Aaron Jones? Because he provides, you know, that, that he's got 989 yards rushing. He's just two behind Dalvin Cook. But is the difference uh, with Christian McCaffrey, into, you know, when do you add in the receiving part to his game? I think you have to kind of add that in, though. I mean, he's got 400, or excuse me, he's got 396 receiving yards right now. Uh, although Dalvin Cook's got more, though, too, 424 
receiving yards. Nick Chubb, 919 yards rushing, only six touchdowns rushing. He's only got 166 receiving yards. Chris Carson, Seattle's doing what they want to do. They want to establish that run. 853 yards for him. Zeke Elliott, 788 yards receiving, 192 yards, or 788 yards rushing, excuse me, 192 yards receiving. Just six touchdowns rushing for him. And then you got Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is an interesting case because if you look at this Packers team, he's one of the more pivotal, dynamic playmakers on that team with Aaron Rodgers and Devonta Adams. And, and the Packers have won a lot of games because of Aaron Jones this year. But you look at his numbers, if you just kind of box score scouting, if you will, and you guys know about me and box score scouting, I don't like it. But, I mean, numbers also don't lie in a lot of aspects. And you look at Aaron Jones, he's only got 589 yards rushing. But you break it down, he's only got 135 carries compared to Chris Carson, who has 200 carries. Uh, Nick Chubb's got 174 carries. Christian McCaffrey's got 185 carries. And Dalvin Cook's got 203 carries. So, Aaron Jones, he may not have the total yards rushing, but he's still averaging 4.4 yards per carry, which is more than Chris Carson. It's not more than Dalvin Cook, who's at 4.9. Christian McCaffrey's got 5.3. Nick Chubb's got 5.3. But then you add the receiving element into Aaron Jones, and he's got 354 yards receiving. And Packers also use a two-back system with Jamal Williams which could help out the Packers towards the end of the season by keeping Aaron Jones a little bit more fresh. Where a lot of these other teams, they're relying on that one running back. Packers are trying to get, you know, Aaron Jones still gets the majority of the plays. But Jamal Williams gets a big chunk for those Packers. And I think that could pay dividends down the line as you get deeper in the season and a potential postseason run as well. You have a little bit fresher of a running back. But he does, Aaron Jones does add, he's a dynamic running back in this game. So I think that's why he should be in the conversation as one of the better running backs in this league, even though his numbers may not show it. But break it down a little bit more, outside the box score scouting, he is definitely one of the more dynamic uh, playmakers, dynamic running backs in this league. But I think for my money, if I were to pick, you know, Christian McCaffrey, He's getting a lot of attention for MVP, and I get it. Put him in that conversation. I'm, I have no argument with that. None whatsoever. I might lean towards Dalvin Cook as of right now, at this point, being the best running back in the game. 991 yards rushing. 424 yards receiving. He's got 10 rushing touchdowns. Christian McCaffrey has three receiving touchdowns, 11 rushing touchdowns, 14 overall. So to me, I think the the best running back is between two people right now at at this point. It's Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook. I think I'm going to give the edge to Dalvin Cook right now. I think he has been a nice stabilizing force for that Minnesota Vikings offense. I mean, they've got, you know, Kirk Cousins has been a lightning rod. Is he a premier quarterback? Is he not? Can he play in the big moments or not? They've got receivers, Adam Thielen and Diggs. But Dalvin Cook has been, I, I i think he's the glue that kind of holds that whole offense together because and I think he makes Kirk Cousins a better quarterback because it, I, I, 
still not sold on Kirk Cousins turning the corner and being an MVP candidate. I, I think Delvin Cook's more of an MVP candidate than Kirk Cousins. I think the fact that Kirk Cousins has Delvin Cook makes him a better quarterback because if you put more pressure on, on, on Kirk Cousins to try to go win the game himself by throwing the ball all over the place, that's when the Vikings are in trouble, and that's when Kirk Cousins gets in a lot of trouble too. So I might just slightly go Delvin Cook over Christian McCaffrey at this point. And I think Delvin Cook should be getting maybe a little bit more attention for that MVP race. Second down. Let's take a look at the standings in the NFL. Who's leading their divisions? you got the Patriots leading the AFC East at 8-1. and one. Baltimore 7-2 and two leading the AFC North and the AFC South. you got the Texans right now leading it at 6-3. and three. AFC West, Kansas City Chiefs, six and four. Uh, the uh, NFC East, you got the Cowboys and the Eagles sitting there at five and four. And then the NFC North, the Packers at eight and two. NFC South, uh, the Saints at seven and two. And the NFC West, you got uh, the San Francisco 49ers sitting there at eight and one. So for second down, the question I'm going to throw out there of the division leaders, who's the biggest pretender of them all? Who's the biggest pretender? Who's leading their division? But you know what? Can't see them competing for a Super Bowl. We're going uh, pretty deep in the playoffs if they were, if the playoffs were to start today. AFC East Patriots. Now they ain't pretenders. Come on, they're they're the New England Patriots. Easy, move on. AFC North Baltimore. They're not pretenders. Lamar Jackson's legit. That team is legit. No way is Baltimore pretenders. Houston Texans. They're they're a pretender. I, I and Houston Texans to me are one of the more frustrating teams over the last few years because they've got talent across the board and they've had bad luck, especially with JJ Watt and his injuries. They've had a little bad luck here and there. But they just seem to like always play really well in, in the regular season, but then they have a couple of hiccups in the regular season that just makes you scratch your head and then they get to the playoffs and nothing. Nothing. So I'm not sold on the Houston Texans. I want to be sold on the Houston Texans. That's the problem. I want to like the Houston Texans. But I, I, I just don't trust them right now. They're pretenders to me. Kansas City Chiefs. That 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 We're going to get to the Chiefs here coming up a, a little bit later on, giving you a little tease for another down and four down territory. Are they a pretender, though? Barely, I'm going to say no. But barely. Maybe I'll explain that a little bit more. Uh, coming up in, in in fourth down on four down territory, but as of right now they're not playing good ball. But they still got Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and some of those playmakers. So I'll, I'll just say barely they're not a pretender. Uh, let's move to the NFC. Cowboys, and you got the Eagles there too. Um, Cowboys have the advantage because they're 4-0 in their division right now. So technically we're going to go with the Dallas Cowboys then uh, as the division leader in this. Are they a pretender? Yep. <laughs> Another frustrating team because they got talent. But then you just saw what happened against the Vikings on Sunday Night Football. So, yes, the Dallas Cowboys to me are a pretender. And at the beginning of the season, they looked really, really good, especially that offense. But it, I don't know if it's coaching or, or what's going on. Cowboys are clearly a pretender to me. NFC North. Green Bay, not a pretender. Got Minnesota right on their heels, though. New Orleans, not a pretender. And the NFC South. 
NFC West right now, San Francisco, San Francisco uh, leading that division. Maybe surprising a lot of people how well they are playing this year because you got the Rams who are third, five and four. Seattle just beat them. They're eight and two. So, you know, San Francisco, are they a pretender? You know, some may say yes because of the schedule. I don't think they're a pretender, though. I like that makeup of that team, that coaching staff, the talent on that team. I don't think San Francisco's a pretender at all. So, uh, right now, looking at uh, the list, I've got two pretenders. So, who's the biggest pretender of them all? Is it Houston or is it Dallas? Man, this is tough. Ah. Houston or Dallas? Houston or Dallas? You know, if Houston had J.J. Watt, I probably would say Dallas is the biggest pretender at this point. Um, So, you know what? I'm going to go Houston. I'm going to go Houston as the biggest pretender. Uh, I I trust Dallas. I can't believe I'm saying this, but maybe I trust Dallas just a little bit more. Uh, Houston, you know, you look at their division. They've got the Colts right behind them at five and four. Tennessee's at five and five. A big win over the Chiefs this past weekend. Jacksonville's at four and five. Uh, Dallas, it's got Philly as their only competition right now, sitting there at five and four. But Dallas has a huge advantage going four and zero in the division right away. Um, I just, you know, what Dallas has. If, I think they their offense is better than Houston's. So defense, I think. It goes back and forth. I'm going to trust Dallas just a little bit more than Houston. I'm going to trust Dallas just a little bit more than Houston right now. So I think Houston, of all the division leaders right now, is the biggest pretender in the NFL. Third down. So the one of the biggest stories for uh, the NFL this week uh, for our third down territory is Colin Kaepernick's getting a a workout. Kind of a weird situation, too, because it's the NFL set it up, but then the NFL kind of, you know, maybe blindsided the Kaepernick camp because uh, they they just informed them on uh, on the other day, just a couple days ago, was it Monday or Tuesday at like 10 o'clock in the morning, they said, hey, you got your workout uh, this Saturday in Atlanta. There you go. Well, Kaepernick's camp won it on a Tuesday because that's when a lot of teams have their off days. NFL said no, so they tried to push it to another Saturday. NFL said no. This is your workout day. First of all, it's weird for the NFL to set up a workout for a player. You really don't see that at all. And then mandating it, essentially, saying this is going to happen on this date and in this location. And it kind of caught the teams off guards uh, off guard, too, according to reports, because they weren't expecting this. And now more reports are saying, you know, teams had inquired the NFL about Kaepernick's availability, which is kind of weird too it's like it's like at the, maybe teams are worried about signing Kaepernick Ka- Kaepernick and you know what was going to be the NFL's reaction if certain teams signed Kaepernick so just a really whole weird situation to me there's this almost seems more like a PR move uh, on the NFL's point I think the NFL is doing this to showcase that hey we're good with having Kaepernick back in in the league, but I think they know no team is going to sign Kaepernick. So they're doing their part by saying, we've got no problem with him being in the league. We're holding a workout for him. But I think they know that no team is going to sign Kaepernick. And this, honestly, is going to be Kaepernick's last shot. If He's going to do the workout. He's playing by these rules that the NFL is putting out there for, for for his workout session. 
But how many general managers are going to be there? How many coaches are going to be? Not many, unless you're on a bye, but then are you going to be spending your bye week? Like, is Matt LaFleur for the Packers going to go down there and watch this workout? So you might have your regional scouts at, at this thing. So not even your top decision makers. So I, I, this is Kaepernick's last shot to get in the NFL, and it's not a good one. It's not a good one. Maybe this could lead to a private workout with, with a team down the line. It just this just seems like a, a big PR move, and I I don't see how this benefits Kaepernick at all. The only way I could see this benefiting Colin Kaepernick if this leads to a private workout with the team, if whoever sends somebody down there, they watch this and they come back and say, yeah, he, he looks pretty good. Maybe we need to look at him a little bit more. Then that allows that team to say, all right, we want our general manager and coach to see him. Then that may be the best scenario to come out of this because I can't see Colin Kaepernick getting signed by a team after this workout. I just can't see it. Fourth down. All right, for fourth down and four down territory, I want to take a look at three teams in the league right now. The Chiefs, the Rams, and the Browns. Chiefs and Rams both suffering losses this past week. Browns squeaking it out. But these three teams not living up to maybe the preseason expectations. I mean, Chiefs are still leading their division, but they're 6-4. and four. And Patrick Mahomes... I uh, was hurt for a couple games there. But they went one-on-one with Matt Moore and almost beat the Packers in that game. But, I mean, the Rams, Super Bowl last year. Chiefs, just maybe a couple plays away, maybe even just a play away from going to the Super Bowl last year. One of the more dynamic, if not the most dynamic uh, um, quarterback in the league right now with Patrick Mahomes. So, looking at this, though, whose future is the mo- in the most trouble? You know what? We'll put the Bears in this conversation, too, because I talked about the Bears uh, last week in my podcast about their future. And they were a division winner last year. Um, so between these four teams now, Chiefs, Rams, Browns, Bears, who's in the most? whose future is in the most trouble? The Chiefs are an interesting one because I saw a comparison. I believe it was at uh, Colin Coward or somebody that said the Chiefs now are like the 2011-2018 Packers where they were too reliant on a quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. I thought that was an interesting comparison. And I think I agree with it in a lot of ways. You know, the Chiefs are tra- – Moved on to a completely new defense, moving from a 3-4 to a 4-3 this year, and the defense is still struggling for the Chiefs. They're still struggling. Are they turning into that Packers 2011-2018 kind of era? Quarterbacks and receivers. Rams. I mean, they're. this is a weird philosophy they got going on right now because, you know, they trade Marcus Peters and Aqib Tlaib, open up some cap space. They trade for Jalen Ramsey in hopes of re-signing him. They've got Aaron Donald to a huge contract. Jared Goss got a huge contract. They gave Todd Gurley a huge contract, but he's dinged up and he's not even in the conversation, I don't think, as best running back in the league right now. So they're trying to juggle this whole thing because they probably know that their window was small to begin with, so they're trying to stay relevant in that window. A bunch of moving pieces right now, and they're playing in maybe the best division in football, and they're third. You got the Browns, who just the last couple years, especially their their off seasons, spending galore, decent draft picks, a lot of high expectations and hope in Cleveland this year. Not even close to living up to that. They're talking about Freddie Kitchens being fired after just one year in a job, even if he makes it through this season. And then the Bears last year, we know that the, the defense and Trubisky maybe taking a step. Matt Nagy, first year head coach, and they've just come plummeting down, especially in offense this year for the Bears. So, whose 
Future is in the most trouble. I still think it's the Bears, number one. Um, I might go... I might go Browns, number two. They got all the talent in the world, but that's a lot of personalities, especially on offense, too. When you combine Baker Mayfield, Odell Beckham Jr., and, and Jarvis Landry, uh, and all those guys, they need a coach. I, I just don't know if Freddie Kitchen's personality fits the type of personality that that Brown squad has right now. I mean, they need a coach in there to kind of just, you know what, no-nonsense type approach. You know, Freddie Kitchens kind of gives off that no-nonsense type approach, but I mean somebody to go in there and say enough's enough. So I, I, unless the Browns make that change at, at head coach, I, I might put Browns at number two, Rams at number three because it, it's, it's like they're – Digging themselves a bigger hole and, and just, or, or you know, kind of like the movie National Lampoon's Vegas Vacation. Remember the scene where Chevy Chase, they're at the Hoover Dam, and and he kind of like picks a piece off the wall or something like that, and it starts to leak, so he puts gum on there, and then that blows a big bubble or something like that. I think that's kind of the Rams. They're trying to stop that water from gushing. Or from the whole thing from crashing down, and they're just doing a little patchwork here and there. Trying to preserve their team, the talent on their team for now. So I think the Rams potentially could be in a little bit of trouble. Chiefs, you know, this I like the comparison between the Packers to from the eleven to the eighteen era. I'm willing to give that defense another year. They they know they gotta get that defense better. They they understand that. Is Steve Spagnolia the answer at defense coordinator? I don't know. I get the history with him and, and Andy Reid. They've got the offense. They just got to do a lot better job at getting better talent over their defense. So I, I, I put the Chiefs at, at at the bottom of that number four. But Bears, Browns, Rams, Chiefs, I, I think are you know in that order of whose future is in most trouble. All right, let's do some power rankings, uh, week uh, week 11 edition. Uh, my top five power rankings. We're starting at number five and then going up to the number one team, in my opinion, in, in the league right now. Number five, I've got the Packers bouncing back from their loss against the Chargers with a victory over the Carolina Panthers. The Packers have the most wins against teams with winning records. Five. Everybody else, next, play, next closest, three. And there's a few teams at three, but the Packers have the most wins against teams with winning records. Nothing to sniff at there. Seahawks, I got at number four. Big victory over the 49ers, giving the 49ers their first loss. That's going to be a fun race down to the wire between uh, 49ers and Seahawks, and Rams are going to be a tough out for some of these teams, I I think, too. Um, Then at number three, I've got the Ravens. Got the Ravens at number three. Um, And then number two, I'm going to go with the New England Patriots. And at number one, I still got the 49ers. I know they got their first loss, but Seahawks are a pretty dang good team. I don't think he, and it was an overtime loss. I don't think you know can take too much away and knock the 49ers down too much because of that. So I've got the 49ers as still my number one team in the league. So to recap, my top five power rankings for uh, for the NFL right now. Number one, still got the 49ers. Got the Patriots at two. I like the Ravens at three. Seahawks at four. Packers at five. Probably the first team on the outside looking in would be the Saints. Bad loss against the Falcons this past weekend. 
All right, it's time to kick the extra points. Uh, last topic for the podcast. And this one I, it took me a little bit to, to think about. And, you know, th- then it kind of dawned on me. Who's been the most disappointing player in the league so far this year? Who's been the most disappointing? I mean, you, you could probably have a few uh, nominations out there. I know that Carson Wentz has kind of been talked about for, for some people out there. Um, but, I mean, you know, that defense hasn't been really helping him at all uh, at this point. Um, is it Baker Mayfield? Uh, you probably wouldn't have too much of an argument uh, for me. Matt Ryan, again, that, that team's just in flux all over the place, too. Uh, you know, I'm going to go with Jared Goff, though. I think Jared Goff has been the most disappointing player for me so far this, this season. The Rams, coming off their Super Bowl appearance last year, uh, five and four right now, but I look at Jared Goff. He got that new big contract, and his numbers are eleven touchdowns and nine interceptions. He's got the yards, but I mean, eleven touchdowns and nine interceptions. I mean, he's got Cooper Cup, who's been a really good wide receiver. Robert Woods. I know Brandon Cooks has been dinged up a little bit. Todd Gurley's been dinged up a little bit, and I get the offensive line has not helped him out at all. But after you get your big contract, you're expected to play like a premier quarterback in this league. And 11 touchdowns and 9 interceptions is not going to get it done. You're, I, I, I get the offensive line and, and Cooks has been dinged up a little bit. But if you're going to be viewed as one of the top-tier quarterbacks in this league, you have to be able to overcome some of those obstacles. And I don't think Jared Goff has been able to do that. I mean, his completion percentage is only at 60. To kind of put that in perspective, so his 60 completion percentage, the league leader, if we're looking at you know regular starting quarterbacks at this point, Derek Carr's at a 70.8. Deshaun Watson's at a 70.2. Kirk Cousins, 69. Russell Wilson, 68. Dak Prescott, 68. So that kind of puts that in perspective. Aaron Rodgers, 64. Jared Goff, that that to me, you know, especially when your team is struggling, it's up to the quarterback to kind of get it back on track. And he hasn't been doing that. You look at Carson Wentz, maybe another guy that has been kind of thrown there. 15 touchdown passes and four interceptions. So, I, you know, he, I think he's doing his part for what he has available to him right now. Baker Mayfield, yeah, you can you can put him on there too, but he's a second year guy. But also, you expect. I mean, look at the weapons he does have. He's got Nick Chubb behind him. He's got Odell Beckham Jr. He's got Jarvis Landry, and the guy's nine touchdowns and twelve interceptions. So he probably would be my second pick on that. But right now, for me, I think the most disappointing player, especially coming off of a Super Bowl appearance, has to be Jared Goff. Who'd be your most disappointing player? Send me a tweet at Dan Casper. D A N K A S. P-E-R. But that's it for this week's episode of the Man Cave Football Podcast. Appreciate you tuning in. And don't forget, subscribe to my podcast wherever your favorite podcasts are found. Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, just a few of them out there. And please subscribe and rate the podcast so other people can find it as well. And invite your friends and family to subscribe 
and rate and listen to the podcast as well. I'm Dan Casper, your host as always. Join us uh, next week as we wrap up another week of the NFL season. And believe it or not, we're just a few short weeks away from playoffs. Yeah, season's just flying on by. Have a great one. We'll be back next time.